Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Story time. I don't usually hike, but my friend, whom we'll call Desmond, hikes 24-7, especially at night. I remember one day he invited me for late-night camping. Basically, we hiked in the woods, and he wanted to go up a mountain. Even today, I ask why the heck I agreed to this. I've been in nature a lot to understand that something was awfully wrong with that forest. No animal sounds and no sounds of bugs, absolutely nothing not even mosquitoes to let you understand. For a good 40 minutes, it was peaceful until we got to the other side of the mountain. I remember Desmond telling me, hey, do you see houses down there? Now, thankfully, I've got good eyes and saw what seemed to be seven abandoned houses circling each other. Desmond said to me, wanna go check it out? Of course, being cautious as ever, I said no but he started calling me a scaredy cat for not saying yes. Finally, I gave in, and we went to check it out. Moments later, when we approached the houses, somehow it was very quiet, too quiet, to be honest. I told Desmond to get out of there because this place was too suspicious, and he told me that there was no way a human could live here. But that's when we heard footsteps from the woods, heavy yet slow footsteps. We went to hide behind some bushes, And what we saw was a woman with a lantern walking around and sobbing as if she had lost someone. I saw, though, that she was holding a knife in her left hand and was chanting something. I kind of heard her saying two things, curse them and their children. While I was extremely frightened, Desmond seemed even more scared than me, which surprised me since he is braver than all my friends. We sneaked our way out of there, but when we got back across the mountain to go to our car, 
We saw the same woman behind us, only without the lantern, and she started chasing us with her knife and what seemed like a hatchet in her other hand. We ran like there was no tomorrow, and her screams filled us with more fear, making us run even faster. Once we reached the car, we left the woods. By now, the sun was rising, and we finally got to town. What I'll never forget, though, is that we had stopped at a store to get some drinks, and I said that I'd wait outside for a bit. I saw a poster on a street lamp. It was the face of that woman on it, and the poster said missing. My girlfriend and I had a cryptid sighting along Route 40, just north of Brookville. The sun was still up, just a little before sunset with thin, high clouds, so there was plenty of light. I was driving, and she was looking at me as we were heading west on 40, engaged in conversation. Then I saw her eyes widen as she gazed past me through my window. She practically screamed, what the hell is that? and pointed across the field we were traveling parallel to. I looked to my left and saw something huge and black, with a massive upper body, running like a bat out of hell along the edge of the woods. She watched it for a good 30 seconds as it ran along the edge of the woods until we lost sight of it when we passed a house close to the road. She kept going on about it, half panicked and excited, until we got home, which took about 3 to 4 minutes from the point of the sighting. Finally, we got home, and I asked her what she saw exactly. She described it as a big black thing that was running faster than any deer or human could move. It had a big upper body, but we couldn't see any major details due to the distance across the field. She said, it was one of those things, wasn't it? After the encounter, I introduced her to the NADP site, but I also asked her if she had seen anything strange in that area before like animals acting oddly or going missing, and she confirmed that such incidents had occurred over time. So, this is my dogman sighting. On July 4, 2012, at 2 p.m., I saw a dogman cross my path in front of my bicycle. This beast was only four feet away from me. Its snout was over a foot long with absolutely ferocious teeth. Where we typically have whites in the eyes, this one had yellow. The inner part of the eye was green and had a very piercing appearance. I would approximate this animal's weight to be about 220 pounds. This isn't late night hikers. It was my mom taking six-year-old me for a walk while we were camping in Washington back in the late 80s. We were Canadians on vacation, and didn't know the area. It was just us, walking along the banks of the river at dusk and playing in the trees when I remember starting to feel. Weird. Like someone was following us. I thought maybe my dad was playing games with us. Except it was pretty clear my mom felt the same way because she started hissing at me to walk faster and be quiet. The feeling got stronger, and stronger, and then I felt my mom grab my hand and tell me to run. We just kept running until we hit a road, and flagged down a car who took this petrified mother and daughter to their campground. The name of the river? The Green River. They found another victim of the Green River killer, Gary Ridgway, a few weeks later, in the area where we were exploring. It has ruined my ability to walk through the woods by myself. The woods by where my father grew up have an old abandoned house or houses, I should say, scattered throughout the woods. I'm from the Hudson Valley, anyone from that area knows the woods there of old houses or, at least, the foundations remaining. Anyway, when my father was younger, he and everyone else basically would climb up this mountain to an abandoned house. He said it had old black and white nudes, but a lot of kids would go up to smoke and hang out, so a lot of the things were just smashed. Part of the trip up the mountain basically involved climbing up a cliff, blanking on proper term, just a flat rock surface that you had to scale. This was also his usual way down. So one night, he went up alone and was working his way down. Night was settling in, 
and as he was lowering himself down the drop-off, he felt an odd presence and glanced upwards towards where he was just standing. Basically, what he saw was a quick glance because whatever it was just made him climb down the mountain and run home. He described it as basically very tall, lumbering above him and covered in hair. It wasn't a bear, at least from the glance he got. Normally, you take things to your parents and tell you if you have some doubt. But after a recent trip to his mother's and her sharing some of his stories that he told, it just made it more believable. There's also that hole you'll see what you want to see, so who knows. I'm terrified of heavily wooded areas, to be honest. I am so frightened right now, and it's hard to put these words down. I had to take a quick break. My encounter may seem mild compared to others, but it still physically shakes me to my core. On a hot summer night in August of 92, my mom, dad, two of my brothers, and I decided we would get a Papa John's pizza and head to the Dixie Twin Drive-In Movie Theater. It was our 21st our payday family ritual. I have another older brother, but he had already moved out. After finishing our pizza and the movies, we headed out. But daddy decided to take a drive and detoured to another part of town. We ended up on Shiloh Springs Road in Trotwood, Ohio, a suburb of Dayton. As we cruised along, enjoying our late night ride, I noticed that there were no cars in front of or behind us. It was all of a sudden eerie and dead silent. As daddy drove up the road a little more, I was looking out of the rear window and heard him say, what the heck? I turned around to look out of the front windshield and was in horror, astonished, and paralyzed. There aren't enough terrible words to describe the level of fear we were going through. He slowed to a complete stop. The headlights on our 79 Buick had caught this tall, gray, stringy-haired creature with pointed ears and some kind of muzzle. It had yellow, sort of glowing, piercing eyes that made me feel like an ant. I have never felt so inferior in all my life. The creature crossed the two-lane road and disappeared into the woods in three steps, but not before looking through us, like it wanted us to die. I felt pure hatred coming from this beast. He was mad at us for looking at him. I keep saying him, but I honestly didn't see genitals. I guess I just felt that it was male. He could have smashed through our car and destroyed our entire family. I've seen my beloved daddy scared twice in his life, and both times it was because he felt his death was coming. May he rest in peace. This thing had a face, not just an animal face. It was like he was smart, he was walking, and he owned us for those few moments. Finally, my mom said, Ronnie, go. And he sped off. I cried for a few minutes, but after that, something strange happened. It was like all five of us were entranced, on some kind of autopilot. We went home, went to bed, and totally blacked out the incident, like he put some kind of spell on us. We never even spoke of it again. But after I became a mother and a wife, my husband and I were talking about Bigfoot, and I sat up, and my memory snapped. I said, Brandon, I think I saw Bigfoot, and I told him the story. He quickly corrected me and said, no, you didn't see Bigfoot, you saw a werewolf. I will never go camping or enter a forest or woods of any kind, nor do I allow my children to. That thing has supernatural powers, and it let us know with its eyes that we were nothing and it would kill us in a second. This was 26 years ago, and I still am overcome with emotion and fear. I just wanted to share in hopes that it would make me feel better, like maybe a weight would be lifted. I doubt it will, though. Thank you so much to anyone who takes the time to read my experience. Just thought I would report this as a potential dogman hearing, not a sighting. Multiple co-workers of mine in Shelby County, Tennessee Medical Facility have heard a strange creature screaming and making crystal clear sounds behind the facility. It is well lit, fenced, but there are woods behind, and also a river bottom near. Three separate people have heard the noise, two together, one at an earlier time last summer. This most recent event happened within the last month. When discussing it, 
The third person confidently says that they had also heard the noise in the pre-dawn house while getting something from their vehicle and couldn't believe it. So they had never mentioned it to anyone. After hearing the details of what the other two heard, the third person confided. All three are medical professionals, have outdoor experience, but cannot identify the creature making the sounds. They describe it as being loud, crystal clear, and even though it was from an obvious distance, the call was loud enough to be heard clearly from within a running car with the defroster blowing. This occurred at twilight, roughly 6 to 7 am. Also, since this occurred near shift change, there were several ladies coming into work who obviously heard the noise too and rushed inside the building as observed by the two who were leaving. A couple of years ago me and my friend were walking home from a party through some pretty rough neighborhoods, anyways, it was quite a long walk home and the clock was like 2 at night so nobody was out. Suddenly, a pretty old truck turned on the fog lights on his truck and literally blinded us. While we were walking around confused he hopped out of his truck and said something like what's up boys? Talking a little walk all by yourself huh? He was probably around 45 years old and really big. We answered with something like excuse me what do you want? And he said hop in fellas, I'll take you home. We politely said no thanks but he kept on pushing us, at this point me and my friend started to think the worst and we both were pretty scared. We took a couple of steps back and he whispered to me that we should run for the nearby woods. So with this plan in mind we tried to distract him from us by talking about his car when we suddenly just ran for it. He didn't run after us or shout to us or anything but we ran as fast as we could for like 3 minutes straight before we felt somewhat safe. Both of us were shook and just walked silent back home. Now we joke around with it a couple of times but I still remember how scared I was, I was probably around 15 when it happened. Never saw that guy again. Sorry if some of the language was weird, I don't speak English that well. I was on a four-day canoeing trip with friends in a remote part of the southeast United States back when I was a young teen. We were up late, built a bonfire, and goofed off as young boys do. I'm sure we were making a lot of noise. Eventually, the fire died down to just coals and we just sat around it talking. When we heard a distant high-pitched scream, it freaked us out for a little bit, but eventually, we forgot about it and went back to talking. A while later, one of my friends pointed to the opposite bank of the river and said, Guys, what is that? We looked, and standing there in the trees was a huge silhouette of some figure watching us. It was faint but illuminated by the full moon, and it was huge. We just kind of stared at it in shock for a moment before backing away. We went to get our friend's dad and some flashlights. He was intent on showing us that nothing was there. We got back to the spot, and it was still there, so we shined our flashlights on it, but it wasn't enough to get a better look. The thing shone red with the reflection of our flashlights. We watched it watching us for a bit, and it walked up along an embankment and then walked back and disappeared into the woods. That was more than a decade ago, and we rarely talked about it. We were all pretty freaked out. Finally, a chance for me to tell my story. About 10 years ago, my family and I were up in the White Mountains of Arizona to cut down our Christmas tree. My dad was driving our truck with my grandfather in the front seat, and my mom and sister in the back seat. I was in the bed of the truck along with our family's German short-haired pointer. We were driving along a forest road, and all of a sudden, my dog starts barking and growling. So I look to see what it is, thinking it is maybe a bear or mountain lion. What I saw was a tall, dark figure walking parallel to the road, just about 60 to 70 yards away. I yelled at my dad to stop the truck. When I told him I think I see Bigfoot, he just laughed and continued to drive. When I looked back to get another look at it, the figure had changed directions and was walking away from the road. The last thing I saw was the thing's head disappearing down a hill. To this day, I still do not have an explanation for what I saw, 
and every time the situation comes up, my dad always makes me tell everyone my story just so he could laugh. Myself, along with four other guys, decided to park on Anthony Road and walk out to the middle of a field to have some beer. We lived in a small town with not much to do. Keep in mind, however, that we hadn't yet started drinking, and even if we had, I don't think it would have caused a group hallucination. The reason we had guns was due to an incident prior to this, where my female cousin and her friends, who were all about five years younger than us, came back to my aunt's house one night very scared. They said that they were driving down Anthony Road when a guy was lying in the middle of the road. They had to stop the car since it's a narrow road, so they couldn't turn around. They put the car in reverse to back up, and just then, the guy in the road jumped up and started chasing the car. People came out of the cornfields, trying to open the car doors and stop the car. They took off in drive, came back to the house, and told us what happened. Hence, the presence of guns the night of our encounter. The night we had our encounter was very bright. There was a full moon, or near full, shining down on some pretty thick fog that was about shin high, so visibility was quite high. We drove up and down the road once, just to make sure no cops were parked anywhere, and then we spotted the field we wanted to go into. It was really cool looking with the fog lying heavy on the ground, and the moon bouncing off of it, giving a really cool glow effect. We parked two cars and began to venture into the field at the area where tractors would enter. We walked about 20 or 30 yards in and stopped to listen for cars and to make sure no one else was around. One of us noticed something large and dark along the wood line to our right, about 150 yards out into the field. We all stopped talking and watched it for a few minutes, trying to determine what it was, a tree stump, large rock, bush, etc. After a few minutes, we decided it was just a big bush and stopped paying attention to it, walking further into the field. After going into the field a little more, one of us noticed the object wasn't there where we had seen it before. We began to scan the area to see where it went, and then we noticed something running from right to left across the field in front of us. It looked to be about three feet above the fog line, if not four feet. That would make it bigger than any dog. The way it ran reminded me of a cheetah or greyhound dog, reaching out with long forelimbs to grab the ground and then hurling its hind haunches under itself to spring forward again. Its silhouette looked like a wild boar or hyena, with a stereotypical large hump on its upper back. It ran really, really fast to the center of the field and then turned directly towards us. I've never seen anything able to change direction as fast as this thing did, especially considering how fast it was traveling. At first, we thought it had stopped running, but then after a second, we were able to tell it was now coming straight at us. We were all asking and commenting with each other, trying to reason what it was, dog, cougar, bear, etc. As it continued its charge, we raised our guns at it. I had a shotgun, and two of the other guys had pistols. When we raised our guns, it began to zigzag. I remember thinking that it knew what guns were. I remember saying, or one of us said, that thing knows we are pointing guns at it. I think that's when we got creeped out enough to run for the cars. My buddy, the Facebook guy, said he didn't shoot because he couldn't identify the target. I personally, and am not ashamed to say, think it's because we all got scared, realizing it wasn't any known animal. It was moving so fast that I thought if I missed, or if my first shot didn't stop it, I wouldn't get a second shot. Shotguns are only effective within certain distances, and I didn't want it getting too close to me. As we were running away, my friend at the time fell into a groundhog hole, so I had to run back and help him up so we could get to the cars. Given how fast it was running, I don't think it was really trying to catch us, or it would have. When we got to the cars and took off, I recall looking out the side window, and this thing was chasing the cars. Once we got over the little bridge on Anthony onto Manning Road, we were able to get up more speed. I don't think it ever came out of the field or crossed the bridge, though. It was as if it just wanted to chase us off. 
It never stood up on two legs, and I didn't notice any eye shine. I think it may have been too far away when it started its charge to see the eyes. I can tell you that it was bigger than any dog and much, much faster. It was able to zigzag really fast, like a rabbit. It was very jerky in its side-to-side -side movement, almost twitchy, I'd say. I got the feeling that it was so quick and agile that I might not be able to get a beat on it to get good hits on it with the shotgun. When we were pulling away in the car is probably when I got the best look at it. It had odd body mechanics as it ran. It reminded me of a cheetah, and I could tell the forelimbs were longer than the hind limbs. I couldn't see a tail or the shape of the ears, however. Relevant background info, I have always loved to dance. When I was nine we moved into a bungalow, my new bedroom had a big, wide window that took up roughly half of the wall, and for some reason I didn't have any curtains. But weird in hindsight, but it suited me just fine because at night this window would serve as the perfect mirror for me to watch myself dance, and I would just pretend I was in my own studio. The window faced into the backyard, which was loosely fenced, shitty old fence that provided little privacy, but single mom who worked a lot and barely getting by as it is equals replacing fence not major priority. One summer, I had just got back from visiting family in Europe. I was 12. My mom and brother had also been on the trip, but had returned home about a month earlier. I go in my room and notice that my mom has hung curtains. It struck me as odd even then because my mom was not the type to spontaneously do nice things for me, but I just assumed she had missed me and wanted to make my room cozier for when I got back something. I forgot about it, until about a week later, when I bring up the curtains. Before my mom can say anything, my younger brother goes, you haven't told her? Told me what? Well, apparently while I was away my mom and brother were just hanging out in the living room which is beside the front door, one night when suddenly my dog started barking like there was someone at the door. It was past midnight, so my mom was understandably freaked out, especially being there alone with a 10-year-old. Anyway, there is no knock at the door, but my dog is still losing it, so they turn out the lights to try and see if there's something outside. They see two people walking around the front yard with flashlights, turning the corner into the backyard. So, my mom opens the door just wide enough to let the dog out to investigate. Someone starts yelling to get the damn dog under control, and they realize it's two police officers. My mom gets the dog under control and asks them what's going on. They tell her that they are responding to a call reporting a man seen sitting in a tree on the southwest corner of our backyard, staring into a window. You can probably guess which window. Anyway, I didn't sleep in my room for a month after that, and couldn't think about it without feeling on the verge of a panic attack for years. Since then, I am always very, very vocal about people having curtains. You may not suspect it, but you never know who could be watching you from the dark. So because of work I had to move out to Kern County in Southern California. Aside from hot weather patterns and dryness here and there it's generally pretty nice. The house I ended up selecting was out in the pines since the housing costs were cheaper up here. However, I would have been better off spending more on something closer to town. I'm convinced that there is something living up here that is somewhat intelligent. About two weeks after moving and I started having trouble sleeping. I would toss and turn and have horrible nightmares that I would only vaguely remember when I woke up. One night it was particularly bad. I woke up shaking and sweating like a pig so I decided to wander into the living room and sit up a few minutes. I was still half asleep and a little delirious but it seemed to me that the room was darker than usual. So I sat down and turned on my TV. About that time I heard something heavy bolt across my porch. Like a man running at full speed. I looked out the window and realized that I could see the moon, when before I could not. Whatever it was had been standing there right in front of the window blocking the moonlight. Over the next few days things were relatively stable except for a few oddities. Things would move from where I had placed them, but not drastically. 
On one occasion I found the remains of a dead coyote in my yard, though I'm not entirely positive that it's related. Overall I wasn't too worried about whatever was causing this because obviously it hadn't done anything to hurt me, so why would I have to worry? Except the events that happened last night have spurred me to post this story and seek some possible solution to this little issue. I arrived home late last night after spending time performing maintenance on the company server. When I pulled up into the yard it was deathly quiet, no crickets or anything. I had this feeling like I was being watched. While I can't explain the exact feeling I had with 100% accuracy, I can say it felt like what you would expect to be facing something that wanted to harm you, like a wild animal or something. The problem was I didn't hear or see anything. It was a real physiological sensation that was not quick to leave. I forced myself to sleep that night but the dreams came back causing me to toss and turn. There was no way that I was going to walk back into the living room last night either in the event that whatever it was I saw before is back, watching from outside. I do not look forward to going home tonight. Part 2. I'm writing this update from an internet cafe as I've discovered that I have lost power to my house. It's purely coincidental of course and in no way linked to my current situation. I called up the power company and was assured that someone would be up to take a look at it in the morning. After leaving work today I took a short drive through the mountains to steady my nerves. It worked but only in part. The forested valleys and rivers are beautiful, even the deserts hold their own. I was starting to feel alive again, but I couldn't shake the subtle feeling of dread knowing that I would have to spend another night. Well anyways I started home and arrived at the two-lane road which ascends into the forested area above where my residence is. There are a few sporadic houses on the way up including my closest neighbor's house where I happened to notice a police car and ambulance parked. The subtle dread and apprehension started to make itself more apparent as I passed by. I arrived home and the wind had picked up substantially. It was rustling through the trees and leaves making it difficult to discern any movement from anything non-elemental. I walked up toward my porch and smacked this pine cone comes flinging into the side of my house. I nearly pass out from the surprise but then hey, it's windy. So, I walk in, flip my switch, and nothing. No power. Great I think. There is no way in hell that I'm going to spend the night here without power. I remember reading this article once on the theory of genetic memory and its possible link with phobias. It's the only thing I can think of that would explain the feeling that came next. I heard something moving quickly, something that definitely could not be elemental. The hair on the back of my neck stood up, and my body became stiff to the point where it was difficult to raise my arms. I could sense something behind me, outside my door and in my yard somewhere. I didn't want to turn around at all. I just wanted to be as far away from that moment as possible. I just stood there for what felt like an eternity, but was most likely only one or two seconds, listening. Leaves rustling, twigs and branches blowing against each other. I forced myself to turn around expecting to see some hideous creature standing there smiling at me. It would have been more comforting than just turning around and seeing nothing, which is exactly what I saw. It was like a cruel joke. I made a dash back to my car, jumped in, slammed the door and locked it. Against my better judgment I decided to drive by my neighbor's house to make sure everything was alright after having seen the ambulance and police there earlier. At least I would be near other people. My neighbor's wife met me at the door and looked distraught. After some conversation she explained that she walked into the house and discovered her husband laying on the ground knocked out. After the paramedics arrived and he came too, he explained what he remembered. He came home and found that the back door of his house was off its hinges, like someone forced their way in with a crowbar or something. After investigating he walked in and felt this buzzing in his head and wave of nausea. After that he remembered getting hit in the head with something and then nothing. Of course consider- Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. During current events, this unsettled me greatly. So now I find myself sitting in this internet cafe pondering my next move. Staying at my granddad's farm in Cornwall, UK, picture big fields, long narrow lanes of thick trees and bushes. All right next to massive Clifford by the sea. Just finished watching The Hound of the Baskervilles The Sherlock episode, about a massive black dog that kills people. So I finish watching it about 11pm in my granddad's farmhouse then I have to walk about 1 kilometer to the cottage I'm actually sleeping in. As I'm walking down the long lane with my flashlight, start thinking if there's any place where an animal like that could exist, it's probably somewhere like here where it's so remote. Look up and see it's a full moon then as I look back down I see two red dots in the distance rushing towards me. Two eyes. Can tell it's some animal and the eyes are like a meter off the ground so I know it's no small farm cat or something. Lost my shit and just froze. So it got to me and turns out that a family friend was visiting who has a massive bull, very large dog. Dog was a gentle giant, thankfully because I was frozen to the spot. In an undetermined year, my stepdad resided in Virginia when he was approximately 8 years old, right on the edge of the Great Dismal Swamp. According to his account, one night, When the sky was either cloudless or exceptionally bright, he hadn't considered the moon's presence until recently, he encountered a peculiar sight. Looking out of his window, he saw a creature that was staring directly at him. He described it as having spittle running down its face, with eyes locked onto his. This creature was purportedly standing on its hind legs, covered in matted fur of cream, red, and brown hues. Its facial features were notably human-like, except for its snout. It had high jawbones, a structure around its eyes, and eyes themselves that bore a striking resemblance to a human. He believed the creature's eye color to be yellow. What makes this account intriguing and potentially credible is the vast expanse of the Great Dismal Swamp, a region that has remained largely untouched by humans. In recent years, Researchers have begun studying the swamp's inhabitants. The swamp's environment is characterized by wet, mossy grounds that effectively absorb sound. People have been known to wander into it and vanish without a trace. The mystery of what might be concealed in this uncharted territory sends a chill down my spine. Oh, I almost forgot to mention that, that night, he crawled out of his bed and sought refuge in his mother's room. In the morning, When they inspected the house, they discovered that the ground under all the windows had been disturbed, and the grass showed signs of being trampled. There were even visible scratches on the wood beneath his window, and paint was missing. Strangely, there were no discernible footprints to explain these unusual occurrences. I was lying across my bed, wide awake when I heard a low, deep growl from just outside my window. I called out to my mom, Jen, who was in the living room. She informed me via a VoIP app that she had heard the growl as well. While we were talking, I heard a second growl from outside my room, and it was loud enough for me to hear it even in the living room where my mom was speaking. We decided to move to the same room, the living room, for the rest of the night to ensure our safety. I took a trip up to my sister's place on Roane Mountain in 1989 with my wife. After the first few days of running around and seeing the sights, we spent the day just hanging out at the house. This led to a few cold beverages being consumed and the grill getting fired up that evening. Later that night, around 9pm, I went out on the back porch to get another beer. That's when I noticed about half a dozen deer about 100 yards out in the field behind the house. One had a nice rack, and I couldn't quite make out the number of points, 
so I slipped off the porch and eased over to the corner of the fence, which put me about 60 to 70 yards away from them. As I stood there against the fence, watching the deer, that's when I noticed the moon. When I say I noticed it, I mean I noticed that it was huge and seemed much closer than I'd ever seen it before. I stood there at this fence, watching the deer, or was supposed to be, but I couldn't take my eyes off this big, glowing, yellowish-orange ball of light that seemed to be just out of reach. So, after what I thought was about 20 minutes later, I found out it was more than an hour, I started noticing a tickling sensation on the back of my neck. I shrugged my shoulders and turned my neck a couple of times to shake loose whatever was tickling me, and just then the deer got spooked and bounced away. The noise finally forced me to break my gaze on the moon. That's when I realized that I'd probably been out there long enough. I decided to go back inside. I took one last look and mumbled a wow at the beauty of this little sun-reflecting satellite that orbits our world, and that's when it hit me. I felt the hot breath of a huge creature hit the back of my neck at the same time hearing or feeling the deepest chest rumbling I'd ever heard. I spied onto my right, looking over my shoulder. All I could see was black as far as my peripheral vision would allow. It was a Bigfoot. This all happened in a split second. When I got my head around far enough, I realized that my face was maybe 8 to 10 inches away from this thing's upper abdomen. Looking up, I saw this beast's pectoral muscles stick off its chest about 6 inches, and they were huge. Its chest was every bit 4 and a half feet wide, its shoulders were as big as basketballs, adding another foot or so on each side from shoulder to shoulder. This thing was at least 6 feet wide. I didn't get a good look at its hands or face, but its arms were probably more impressive than its chest and shoulders. Its arms were covered in long dark hair, maybe 4 or 6 inches in length. If I had to guess, this behemoth must have been around 10 feet tall and 7 to 800 pounds. As far as its face went, from the angle I was at, all I could make out was a squared off bearded chin. I couldn't see a nose, eyes, ears, a raised brow ridge, a conical head, nothing. So I couldn't say whether it looked more like a man or an ape. Its arms were more like an ape's, but its chest was more human-like, just a little hairier than most. Now this is where the story starts getting weird. As I mentioned earlier, it all happened in a split second. As I spun around and was in the process of looking up, the creature was going from a bent-over position to standing up straight and taking a step back to my right. As it pulled its left leg over its right, it was like it was slipping through a slit in a green screen. I'm not sure if it was a portal or some sort of interdimensional doorway, all I know is this huge thing vanished within that split second. There was no foul smell associated with this creature. There was a slight musty smell, but it reminded me of the same smell a horse gives off. I was hiking with friends up in this particular canyon almost 20 years ago, maybe more. It was night and I'm sure we were not supposed to be there after dark. We were all just young and dumb kids. It was about an hour or two hike up to this waterfall, but it was dry this particular year. We only had flashlights and lightsabers. Like I said, young and dumb. Cell phones weren't a big thing then. We got to the base of the waterfall and we noticed a memorial with shoes tied on. They were fairly small shoes. We got up closer and there was a laminated note with a picture of a boy in his teens, explaining he had fallen and died at that spot. It was from family and how he was dearly missed. It happened exactly one year on that same day. We immediately hiked back down, with no rest, freaking the F out. No picture proof but it happened. Was out hiking in a canyon at around 2.30 am. I could hear coyotes yipping a couple miles away, but wasn't too scared. A power transmission line runs at bottom of the canyon and it makes a crackle sound at night when the moisture is high. I noticed a power company service van working with a cherry picker up on the line, but didn't think it was weird, probably fixing a power issue. 
As I got closer I noticed the workmen were wearing what looked like motorcycle helmets, that completely covered their face. They had flood lights on and I could see the van was white with no logo. I was about 200 yards away and thought it was strange but kept walking. I glanced over again and all three men stopped working. One had come down off the crane silently and gathered with the others together perfectly still facing my direction. I completely froze. With those helmets on, I couldn't tell what they were looking at but their bodies all faced me and they weren't taking to each other. I could see their helmets were solid white and didn't have reflective shields or anything to look through. At that point I panicked and bolted. I glanced over my shoulder and one was following me but not actually moving, just somehow moved closer and standing still. While running I remember thinking I never actually saw any of them move. That freaked me out and left the trail and ran off road straight to the nearest house. I didn't look back until I was a good half mile away. When I did look, the van was there but the men were gone. I kept running and eventually made it home. I was a high school counselor and years ago I had a conversation with a student that I still think about a lot. Wondering what you all make of it. He was a good kid, not a liar, troublemaker or anything. He wasn't mentally ill. He came into my office one day very excited because he read a library book, can't remember which one, that made him remember some experiences from childhood that he had forgotten until then. He remembered often being in the woods on his ranch in Mexico, and communicating with little people, like fairies or elves, who lived among the flowers and plants. He proceeded to tell me that there were three angels standing behind me. He said the angels knew that I was worried about my, adult, son, and I shouldn't worry, that he was going to be fine. I had been very worried about my son, but there's no way this student would have known. Sure, he could have been crazy or making it up, but the weirdest part is that the second I had a thought in my head, he'd say the angel said you thought such and such. And he was correct every time. The conversation went on for a long time and I can't explain it. He graduated soon after and I've run into him a couple of times but nothing else significant. Thoughts? I was at a Korean community grocery store in September 2015. I went to buy some items and as I was approaching the counter to pay, I noticed this twitchy small woman, young in her mid-twenties I'm guessing, but she looked like she was in the DTs in need of a fix. It's a shame really. I thought she would have been pretty if all cleaned up. Well, I still thought she was pretty. She was asking for matches but she had no money. I made my payment and asked for matches for the lady and it was just then at the corner of my eye I saw a darker than dark mass just behind her but taller. I turned my head and looked directly at it. It was moving like iron filings that would shift as you moved a magnet, but not unlike an insect. Its eyes were bright like diamond white and angular like a diamond but on the sides. Its head was also pointed and the head and back were not unlike a planarian worm. The weird thing as I looked down I saw the lady's arms and legs were wrapped from behind and underneath her appendages and the thing's body was pressed so close like a piece of clothing or blanket. That's when it moved, like an insert with like a twitch, when it moved so did the lady. Then as I look at its face just above her head like someone peering over someone, just not fully. It turned and looked directly at me. I have to tell you I knew enough from experience that you do not show fear and remain calm when all you want to do is scream and point and run, which I really wanted to do. I acted like I was looking through it and looked around not caring that I was just seen and almost ran. The clerk handed her the matches and she thanked me then I left. As I left I was looking straight ahead but internally I was concentrating behind me wondering if it was still looking at me. All this time happened in under a minute. I began wondering what I had seen and drew it once I got home. I showed my siblings a few days later and told them what happened. They claimed it could be a possession or a djinn. I'm still not sure. But know this, I look at people now differently who are on drugs or under the influence. How they move or walk is exactly like how this creature moves. What if that is true, and part of the reason why they can't stop? 
You know if you watch zombie movies like Walking Dead. They kinda move like that too. It's just a weird way they walk, and shuffle. I haven't seen anything like this before, nor since. Maybe you or your reader might know what the heck I saw? This occurred in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Best regards. I was a sailor in the US Navy for four years, during my time out at sea I had seen some interesting things. First, I was an aviation ordnanceman on a gun mount in the Arabian Gulf. There were two instances of two separate things that had happened. First off, which at the end doesn't end up too creepy, but I thought I'd share it anyways. While on gun mount watch from balls to four we were watching into the sea to see several streaks of water coming towards the ship. Like these streaks reminded me of when you see torpedoes in the movies and the streaks in the water that they leave behind. Seen these through night vision goggles. Turns out they were whales. The second is pretty bizarre. So when on your balls to four watch you have to even look in the air for possible air assaults, as we are looking at the sky there seems to be a satellite or something similar looking like it was orbiting the earth. The fantail gun mount says mount 51 do you see that object in the sky, looks like it's right above us. I seen it, and confirmed to the other mount that I had seen it. They told us to watch that object, about 3 minutes of watching this object it speeds up and heads towards the bow of the ship, immediately changes direction and shoots towards the fantail and disappears within 10 seconds. All the gun mounts were calling into the bridge about this object, freaked us out. This was maybe August of 2011. Hi everyone. Gonna start by saying I generally don't believe in the paranormal or ghosts etc but I have been working in this school for just over a year now and my perspective is beginning to get changed. I don't know if this is the right place to tell this in, if it is not please guide me to the correct one. I think I'll start by just explaining the school. It's based in London and is a very old school that has been here for almost 100 years. The school is massive, three floors and loads of classes or rooms etc. So my first experience started with something completely small or insignificant but made me think more. I am a PE teacher in the school and I was in the school for a holiday club, this means there was nobody in the school other than me and my team and the children we were working with. The children are not allowed upstairs or anywhere without us. What happened was I was outside coaching and I looked up to the third floor and there was papers in the room fluttering in front of the windows. Now this could obviously be explained by a draft or open window of course. The strange thing is that at this point we had no access to the school top floors and they are locked and alarmed. The alarm will go off if any windows and doors are opened. The main thing that happened to make me think happened two days ago. I was walking upstairs to my office in the second floor, we now have access to all floors, and I heard a person whistling, like full-on whistling, this whistling stopped as soon as I came off the stairs and just a reminder there is nobody in the school apart from my team and definitely nobody on the second floor. The next thing is that I left my office and walked to the second floor staff room which is directly across from my office and on that walk I heard a child laugh and giggle. There is absolutely no way any children were on the second floor and no way I heard it was from downstairs. There has been other strange occurrences but this is the first time I've really been unable to debunk it. My dad was on an aircraft carrier during Vietnam and he and his buddies used to go sit against the wheels of the aircraft on deck and waste time at night. He reports there was a really bright light far off in the distance he thought was a star, or planet, but all of a sudden it moved really quickly and hovered off the side of the ship next to them for a few moments. Then it took off and was completely out of sight within a second. He loves to tell the story of his UFO experience. No probes here people, merely a very fast bright ball of light. Edit, now that I saw the post about ball lightning, I'm thinking that may have been it. Having my dad check out the YouTube videos to confirm. Response from my dad, well, I watched the video and it's possible that is what we saw. 
It came down like a falling star with a tail on it and then stopped about a mile above the ocean, got larger and went parallel with our ship for about five or six seconds. Then, it got small again like it was going straight away from us, turned right and went out of sight in a matter of a few seconds. It was like supersonic speed. This says they are usually associated with thunderstorms. Ours was on a perfectly clear night. However, we were just off of the Philippines and it was super hot and humid. You might have solved the mystery, though. Thanks for the enlightenment. Love you. There are a series of events in my childhood home, mostly at night. I'll name a few. Once, I was going downstairs at around 1am. Everyone was asleep except me, I woke up for a drink. I went downstairs, opened the fridge, and while I was holding the fridge open, I placed my phone with a flashlight on the table. I felt something grabbing my hand, like an actual touch. I looked while I pulled away, and there was nothing there. I got incredibly scared. I was sure that my brain wasn't playing tricks or anything, I was sure. So, I ran upstairs and left my phone there. Another incident was when I was much younger, also around 1am. My twin sister and I were up. The door was directly facing the bed, and we were playing on her bed with the lights all out and everyone else asleep. Suddenly, the light goes on, and we see a shadow directly under the door. We thought it was our parents. Then, the light goes out, and we take a slight peek with our tablets in our hands, using the flash. There was nothing there, and we didn't hear any sound of anyone leaving or even in the house. We could also hear sounds downstairs quite a bit at night. Our parents never experienced any of this, and when we asked them about it, they never knew anything about who was downstairs. My sister could hear it too. These are the more major incidents. We don't have any signs of them anymore, but I also had quite a few nightmares. This happened about an hour ago. My family was in the car since we came back from a restaurant but a couple of hours before, my dad and two brothers were in London, exploring. We came across a man who was doing some tricks with a ball and three cups. If you were able to find out which cup had the ball inside, you would win the money. In the car, I asked my dad how did he think the trick was done and he honestly didn't know and was struggling to explain how the man could have done it. I told my dad how I thought the man did it and as I did, I saw my mom in the rear view mirror smiling but the smile wasn't ordinary. It was sort of sinister. I didn't think much of it and went back to using my phone. After a minute, I looked back at the rear view mirror and realized something. How could I have seen my mom in the rear view mirror if she was sitting in the passenger seat? I could only be able to see my dad who was driving in front of me and my brother who was behind me. The car is a seven-seater. I asked my mom if she was smiling at me and she said she hadn't even looked up from her phone on a while. I told her that she did and she denied it. I believed her because there was no way I would have been able to see her unless she was driving or sitting behind me. What the hell was that smiling at me? I wouldn't call it creepy, more like fascinating to watch. Once, while tied up for a hurricane, I watched the storm surge coming in. It took a few hours before the storm was on top of us and all the while there was wildlife scurrying around in a panic in the woods where we were tied off. The deer probably got out the earliest, there were sightings of rabbits, raccoons, squirrels and other wildlife you would expect to see on the Gulf Coast, but they didn't stick around long. The ones that stuck around, began spending their time swimming. So basically I was on a boat surrounded by muskrats playing in the rain and they seemed to be having fun until the strongest winds started coming in. By that time all the lines we were using for moorings were beginning to go underwater from the surge. The hurricane came in, did its thing then passed and the winds and rain started calming down. That's when I saw the things I would describe as fascinating. Boils of snakes floating around us, literally thousands of them. 
Some of those boils would come alongside our boat and the crew members were quick to push them off when they started trying to climb up. Most of them were garter snakes but who wants to take a chance with them right? I saw piles of alligators floating by on driftwood, some trapped alongside us just sitting there patiently waiting on the water to recede. So many frogs, I would guess beyond many thousands that were picked up by the wind were on board. We were moving a 900 foot tow and there were so many frogs you couldn't see the upwind side of it because so many frogs were clinging to it. I was still catching and releasing rogue frogs from the bilge months later. When the muskrats returned from wherever they were hiding, they seemed to want to take a shot at getting on board too. Some managed too. Needless to say we made it a point to keep all outside doors closed for a few days unless we absolutely needed to open one. I work on an oil exploration ship all around the world. I often go out onto the helideck at night to watch the stars and generally escape form the fact that I've pretty much been in prison for the last several weeks. One night in particular stands out to me. We were working in the North Sea about 200 miles offshore Norway. A heavy fog enveloped the vessel with the deck lights creating an orb of light only a few meters in diameter. When I stepped out onto the helideck, I noticed a strange sound all around the vessel. I stood silently and waited for my eyes to adjust to the darkness. The orb of light spread as my eyes adjusted and I soon saw what was making the racket. Tens of thousands of sparrows were circling the vessel. A constant stream of them flowed past the lights. I stood there for about 30 minutes in complete disbelief at how surreal it was. Also, I was incredibly thankful it wasn't the shrieking eels. Oregon coast about 3 miles out from Tillamook Bay. I was on a huge sailboat with some friends when out of nowhere a smell came like you have never smelled. A thousand farting satans could not have produced such a horrible smell. No matter where we went this dense rotting fish smell saturated the air. Well after a few hours of this we had enough and turned sails to head in. Well not 400 yards due east of our heading was something large bobbing in the water. Turns out someone cast a fishing net into the ocean and wrapped up a large barrel in either a whale calf or a walrus. It was horrible, I can still taste it today. We were transiting the Straits of Hormuz at night probably 1971 and suddenly held a radar contact close and dead ahead. Its position relative to us was steady bearing, decreasing range as if a vessel was going to collide with our destroyer. The Oud and the rest of the bridge watch saw no lights or any evidence of an approaching vessel. Minutes go by, tension mounts, the captain is called to the bridge, the radar contact gets closer and closer until it disappears at the center of our radar scope. No collision. There was no vessel as it turns out. In checking later, the navigation chart showed a high overhead cable that was reflecting and returning our radar beam. Not me, but my father back in his commercial fishing days noticed that there was a t-shirt in the middle of his net after one tow. After a little investigation he found that it was not a shirt, but a human torso wearing a shirt. He said he was terrified that he would open the net and a head would roll out onto his feet, but it didn't happen. His captain radioed ahead and they brought the torso back to the docks, where they were met by the police and a coroner. They were eventually able to identify the body, based on the clothing, as a victim of a plane crash that had occurred fairly recently. My dad said he offered a free lobster to the coroner, who graciously accepted it until he found out that it had been found in the net with the body. After that he got angry and told him to throw it back. I had an old teacher in high school that used to be in the Navy. He told us stories about how he had to repair the things at the top of the pole that sticks straight out from the center of the ship. Yes, my naval terminology is crap. Think it was related to a satellite, or just a light bulb, or something. Anyways, he says that when you're so high up, 
and the ocean is tilting the boat from side to side, you're basically above the water, instead of above the deck of the boat. If you were to fall off at that moment, you'd land directly into the black ocean. He said there were times when he had to climb up to talk down one of the new guys who couldn't climb down. I am in the Navy and, at the time of this anecdote, I was part of a security detachment for a freighter off the coast of Iran. It was a few hours into my watch, probably around one on a gun mount, when a small fishing vessel near the horizon starts beaming our ship with a high-powered laser pointer. This is actually a pretty common occurrence in the area, but I reported to my superior to make sure they were aware. About two or three minutes later, I looked back over to where the vessel was to check on it and it's gone. It was the middle of the night in the ocean, but my naked eye should have picked up the boat with relative ease. I put on my night vision goggles and scanned the same area forward of the ship. Nothing. Literally, nothing. No vessel, no stars, no horizon, just nothing. I felt like I was tired, perhaps my night watch was getting to my head. I took off the goggles and did some jumping jacks and push-ups for a few minutes and took another look. That's when I saw it, an impending wall of grey, no start, no beginning, just grey. Fog. Heavy, thick fog, thicker than any fog I've ever seen. Within moments every metal surface was coated in mist, I could not see more than 20 or so feet in any direction. It was eerie, the civilians piloting the ship didn't use any horns or anything, we just sailed through the dense cloud. I couldn't even see the water, my only perception of speed was the thick mist moving past me. Luckily, nothing happened, but when you are standing an armed watch on a big freighter near Iran, in waters that have had reports of pirates, and your most important sense is taken away from you. I couldn't help but imagine what could happen as we move through that dense fog for, what seemed like, 20 minutes. <laughs>